0: Well, it's just us home folks tonight, you know, that's good, that's alright, you know, uh, uh, anytime you get a chance to fellowship with people and fellowship around God's word, we can rejoice in that and kind of want to talk about that tonight, uh, uh, the joy of fellowship. Uh, you know the old joke is with most Baptists, and I found out it's with Methodists too. You know, it's it's all groups. You know, you you talk about fellowship. First thing that comes to your mind is a covered dish. You know, back in the fellowship hall, a dinner on the grounds. And you say, "That's right, yeah." You know, that's uh, uh, that's that, that's it. You know, it's like uh, uh, somebody said. Uh, I, I remember uh, when I was in college, we had a student who was. Uh, um, Catholic that was would come to the Baptist Student Union, and um, uh, he said, "Boy, I, I'll tell you what, man you you guys really like to eat." <laughs> and I said, yeah, and he said, "He said when Catholics get together, we just like to drink." <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he said. But uh, I said, "Yeah, we like we like to eat." But you know that concept of fellowship. Uh, you know, we, we, we need to look at, at kind of a simple definition of it. It means, it means to walk beside someone, to be a companion with someone or, or a group. Uh, and, and sometimes there is that, uh, that meal that it's, that's involved, but it's more of the camaraderie and relationship that is built by being with someone or with a group of people. That's really what fellowship is. And it's one of the ships, if you will, that drives the church. We have worship, we have fellowship, and we have stewardship. And all of those things uh, add to the experience of being part of a body of believers. Uh, you know, I hear a lot of, this, this is kind of the fret, catchphrase right now. People saying, well, you know, I'm not religious, I'm, I'm, but I'm spiritual. I'm not real sure what they, what they mean by that sometimes by being spiritual. I think it means that, okay, yeah, I think there's, there's some kind of something out there in the, the cosmos that, uh, uh, that, that is control of things, but I'm just not real sure who, who it is. And, you know, I think about when people say that they're spiritual, they don't have that relationship because people who are born-again believers in Jesus Christ... Don't talk about things in lofty ways. They talk about things in a family way. They talk about a relationship. Josh McDowell uh, had a, he used to do a conference around uh, uh, the, the world, basically. And, and uh, you know, he would say in his conference that, uh, cr- that most religions of the world are based on rules and regulations, where Christianity is based on a relationship. And he said, you know, you go to the, the grave of Mohammed and you're going to find Muhammad. You go to the grave of Buddha and you're going to find Buddha. But you go to the grave of Jesus and it's empty. It's an empty tomb. Because we serve a risen Savior and praise God, we can have a relationship with him. That's a very foreign concept to a lot of other religions in the world is having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Having that personal relationship with God. It's almost blasphemy to some to think about being able to stand in God's throne room and talk to God on your own. And um, I remember uh, I used to work with a Jewish fellow. He was a very nice guy, very devout Jew. And and he would say, you know, Tom, there's not a lot of difference between uh, Judaism and Christianity. And I said, I said, certainly we have our you know we have our points you know that uh, that we agree on he said and you know most jews that i know think that jesus was a great prophet and i said well mort here's the difference <laughs> here's the difference in where we are and you got to kind of picture this we're standing there talking at work and we're not far from each other and i said and i did this intentionally i said you see as Christians, we believe that Jesus was Yahweh in the flesh. Now, Yahweh is a term that you don't just throw out there to Jews without their being. And he literally took a step back away from me in case that lightning came down and, and struck me, you see. But um, so, you know, having that kind of relationship, being able to talk to God like that and I don't know what happened to my ear between this morning and tonight, but it's not working real good. Um, but uh, they, they just don't understand that, that relationship and base what they, they know on rules and regulations. And, but to have that relationship, to have that fellowship with God, there is some criteria And I want us, if you would, if you've got your Bible with you, to turn to 1 John. And we're going to look at the first chapter of uh, 1 John. I cheated, I already turned there, so I'll give everybody a minute to find it. The, the first three verses, John is, uh, is, is talking about things that they knew from the beginning, and, and I'll start us off in the, uh, the fourth verse. And he says, we write these things, or these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Now, joy and happiness are not always the same thing. There can be certain circumstances in your life that don't make you happy. But in a relationship with our Lord, you can still experience that joy of knowing that God's in control. It's that peace, if you will, that surpasses all understanding. And it can make, uh, it, it can it can soften our hearts to those things that... Uh, uh, that sometimes come our way and make us feel unhappy. You know, I can't imagine uh, some of the things, you know, living in America and growing up the way I did, I can't imagine some of the things that our brothers and sisters throughout the world are having to deal with in their persecution. People in China and other countries being persecuted for, for their beliefs. But yet, in their persecution, they consider it all joy. Just as James said, I went to a seminary with a fellow that was from Romania, and this was back in the day when Romania was still a communist country, and uh, Moldovan, John Moldovan, and John now is is actually a professor, but we were in class together, and he shared his testimony one time of how in the middle of the night, he saw his father, who was a, a pastor of a a small a small church, he saw his father dragged out into the street and beaten. John himself was taken, beaten and thrown into a mental institution because they thought that believing in God had to be insanity. And so that's hard for us to wrap our, our heads around sometimes, living, living here in the United States and not facing that kind of persecution. But once again, it's all based in that fellowship, that joy of fellowship that they share in the Lord. Friends, we have no idea what what uh, days may have for us. But I know I know that God wants us to live in the joy of fellowship with him. And there's some things that we have to do to get there. You see, sin Keeps us from fellowshipping with God. Sin is everywhere in our world. And many times we see it's ignored, it's suppressed, it's rejected, it's embraced. But we will never have, you will never have the joy of fellowship with God with sin in your life. This passage of Scripture. Uh, John goes on to say this is the message which we have declared uh, which I'm sorry this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. When I read this I thought about being in a dark room the electricity goes off you light a candle. Now a candle in a big dark room doesn't put out a lot of light but have you noticed that even that candle in a big dark room wherever you carry it you're not in the dark it sheds enough light that you can see your way you can see your path you may not know what's out in the distance but you can still see what is in front of you. And the greater the light, the more it dispels darkness. Friends, there's, there's going to be a time when we're going to be uh, in heaven. We're going to walk amongst the saints. And there's not going to be a day. There's not going to be a night. There's not going to be a sun. There's not going to be a moon. There's not going to be a need for it. Because the light of God, the glory of God, will light our paths. We'll be witness to that every day. But here on earth, we cannot experience the joy of fellowship if we're in the dark. The light represents God's character. It represents His holiness. And a holy God can have nothing to do with sin. Even though we preach and teach that Jesus Christ saves us from our sins, as believers, we sometimes falter. And we sometimes have sin in our life. And when we don't confess that sin, friends, we don't have fellowship with God. It doesn't mean that God's not there. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. But we don't experience the fullness of our fellowship with God, the joy of that fellowship with God, if there is unconfessed sin in our life. And have you ever noticed, it, it's this way with me, that I don't do too well fellowshipping with others when my fellowship with God is not just right. I remember one time a youth minister making the illustration of uh, the cross and that vertical part of the cross representing our relationship with God and the horizontal part of the cross representing our, our relationship with others. And any part of that cross that is tipped one way or the other, it affects the other relationship. When we're not in fellowship with with the ones we love, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not in complete fellowship with God. And when we're not in fellowship with God, we're certainly not in fellowship with others. Sin is prideful and makes us selfish. You just can't help it. It's part of our, uh, of our nature. And that's why daily we need to, to uh, uh, recognize uh, our sins and take that before God. But God's promise to us is if we confess. Now, that's not necessarily begging for his forgiveness. That is recognizing that you have sinned against God. And if we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Faithful. And I have found in my life personally and what I read in the scriptures, when God makes a contract, it's a settled thing. You know, we may not always hold our end of the bargain on that contract, but God never goes back on that contract. If he did, then he would not be a holy God, and everything that has happened would be null and void. God, because of who he is, cannot go back on his word, and because of his holiness, God cannot be in the presence of sin. So for us to experience that fellowship with God, we need to confess our sins. This scripture puts it in this way. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, on the surface, lying and not practicing the truth kind of sound, kind of sound like the same thing to me, but as I studied this, I thought, thought about it and thought, you know, when you lie it's kind of a open and shut case you said something that wasn't true you lied there it is but practicing the truth I take that as those people that go through the motions they believe they're doing the right thing they're convinced that what they're doing is right but they're not practicing the truth because they're not walking in the light of God's love and walking in the light of God's love is first professing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, and then daily seeking God's face, daily walk, striving to walk in that life, uh, to, to um, walk that godly path. So the first path is, is the, that dark path, and that dark path is never going to lead us to that fellowship with God and ultimately never lead us to that fellowship with with others. The second path is the path of walking in the light. In verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You see, when we're in constant fellowship with God, when we're in that right relationship with God, when we're walking in God's light, we have the joy of that fellowship, and the promise is is that we will have fellowship with one another. You know, I, I, I have to confess, and I, I don't say this with, I, I don't say this with any thought of gossip. I don't say this with any, any joy in my heart about it. but I have been in some situations, in some churches where I, I don't know if there was any joy in that place or not. People mad at one another. Listen, I, unfortunately, I pastored a church like that. We'd have eight people show up for a Wednesday night Bible study. We'd have 75 show up for the once-a-month business meeting. And I'm telling you, it got so bad. It got so bad, you could almost split the congregation down down the middle. People would show up and sit on this side that were totally against me that I'm not sure I'd ever seen the whole time I was there. And then there was that other group that were were supportive and loved me and my family and everything. And it got so bad that one night we had the uh, head football coach Uh, in in our church and we we hit it off we were good friends because I used to coach and and a great man of God and he finally just one night some people were just kind of going crazy and he said I'm going to tell you right now he said the next person that says a bad word about my pastor is going to meet me after church surprisingly the place got kind of quiet after that but and I you know I don't recommend that happening but I'm I'm using it to illustrate the point that there wasn't that kind of fellowship there there wasn't that kind of 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 uh, uh, camaraderie there were people that did not walk in the light of God's love Because you see when you walk in the light of God's love even if you disagree you can disagree agreeably and unfortunately, some of the biggest black eyes that I've ever seen in in churches, or or uh, in in the lives of Christian people, have come from church folks. Now, I what I said this morning about Bear Creek Baptist Church, I genuinely mean. Uh, Sandy and I have never felt more welcome at, at a place since since we've lived in Glen Heights and we've. Uh, We've gone to a couple of churches. One of the churches that we went to, unfortunately, is uh, no longer a church. But uh, we've, we just, we appreciate the spirit here. And, and that's, that's because you've got a pastor that loves the Lord and preaches God's word. And you've got people that buy into that and want to, want to live and want to walk in the light of God's love and God's holiness. We're not going to be perfect. There are going to be times that we're going to mess up. You know, that one little time that you might get your little pinky toe out in the darkness, you know. <laughs> but, but through the love and prayers of each other, we, we can get back to center. You know, we can get back to center. But the joy of fellowship comes in walking in God's light. If we don't walk in God's light, if we don't walk in the truth of God's love, If we don't walk in the truth of God's word. If we don't walk in God's holiness. Then we're never going to experience the fellowship that God wants us to experience. We first have to make that profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And it takes a daily commitment. You know. Getting saved from our sinfulness is really a pretty easy thing for us to do. Jesus paid that price. We we simply have to receive the gift that God has given us, that God wants us to have. We have We have to recognize that we need a Savior and we can't do things on our own. The tough part comes after we're saved and living that Christian lifestyle day after day after day. Because, you know, I know it's not me. It has to be them. People annoy me sometimes, you know. It can't be me. <laughs> but we, we tend to sometimes not live in the light of God's love and God's fellowship. And that's what fellowship is all about. Living in His light and sharing that light with one another and you don't have to be a big congregation to do that you you can be a you can be an extremely small group it can just be three or four people can experience the love and glory of God's light with him and with each other you know I mentioned today in the sermon that there's close to 50,000 southern baptist churches all over the country and according to the Southern Baptist Convention, about 200 of them are what you would consider mega churches, which means the rest of them have a membership of 200 or less. Well, I kind of dug a little deeper, and out of that group that's 200 or less, almost 25% of them run 100 people or less at church. So, you know, we're, we're a people that outside just a handful of churches... Are not big congregations. We're small families, and uh, and that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, a small group can do mighty things. You know. Uh, Recently, the the last Avenger movie came out. I don't know if y'all are into that. I'm an old comic book kid, so you know that's fun stuff. And but I got to thinking, man, you know, if only the world realized, it doesn't make any difference who you come up against. Your superhero is Jesus. Your avenger is God. And it's because he is holy and loves us and desires for us to fellowship with him. That's why we were created. Verse 8 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But then... The passage I quoted a while ago if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Aren't you glad that being a sinner, you can still fellowship with Almighty God? Aren't you glad that being someone who does not deserve the love of a sovereign Savior, got that love on a cross. And aren't you glad that we still live in an opportunity where we can love one another as Christ loves us and be a light in our community? That's what God wants us to be. God God wants us to walk in His light so we will be mirrors that shine that light on a lost world you've all heard the the story about the kid picking up the starfish and somebody saying what are you doing he goes well I'm 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 gonna save these starfish and throw them back in the the uh, uh, the ocean and the guy kind of laughed and said man there's there's a ton of those things on the beach you're not gonna save all of them he goes well no but I saved this one you know and that's what our attitude should be when we walk in the light. We're not we're not going to be able to affect everybody, but we can affect some. And I, and and affecting some may simply be not teaching a class or preaching the word, but simply showing the light of our Lord in your life. I'd like to share a poem I uh, came across. It's it says, author unknown. I have no idea who wrote it, and I certainly don't have the talent to write something like this. But I'd like to share it with you. You know, I, I kind of have to follow that, that uh, protocol that, that my preaching professor taught us, you know, three points in a poem, you know, so I've got I've to read you a poem. So, <laughs> his blood is so sufficient, he tells us in his word. On the mercy seat in heaven, it was put there by the Lord. It stops the accuser of the brethren as he walks before the throne. Our God just points to the blood, and Satan knows he cares for his own. It's sufficient for any situation to nourish, to cleanse, and keep. O magnify your name, my Lord, my soul with rapture leaves. Can my sins, though oh so many... Make this blood of no avail. Once I've named the name of Jesus, in my heart I cannot fail. His word has proclaimed it. The work begun in me will someday be completed when His dear face I see. And when I dwell in heaven, as the ages roll along, oh, the precious blood of Jesus will be my victory song. I told Stephanie today, my goal is to someday be able to cry and preach at the same time. But I just can't help but be filled with emotion. When I think about the sacrifice, that was made for me. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. You cannot stand in his presence without walking in the light and striving for his holiness. The joy of our fellowship begins by walking in the light of God's glory and his love. Will you pray with me? Father, I I just get so filled with emotion knowing that I'm so undeserving of your love, of your holiness. And God, I, I don't ever want to make you small, or, or, or try it in any way. Because God I know that I don't understand everything about you. But I believe, I trust, I know in my heart that you love me enough to send Jesus to die for me. And so Father I pray asking that you would help me to walk in your light daily. That I might bask in your glory and your fellowship. And that my fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ would be complete. Lord, we know that you cannot you cannot look upon the darkness of sin. But you've remedied that through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters tonight. Thank you for our pastor and ask your mercies on him. And once again, I pray, God, that we would be a beacon, a light. And no matter how small the light is, God, where it goes, it displaces darkness. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And may the Lord richly bless you.